I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this and... is a show about Mr. Sinister and all this his is fabulous Mr. friends. This is Mr. Sinister Power Hour 2017. <laughs> oh man, this is the Mr. Sinister show. Also known as the Mutant Ages. Back when we Today we're gonna teach you how to bake muffins, evil muffins. And we're gonna watch a bunch of videos I took of Cyclops <laughs> naked. I mean, that is part of this episode that we're about to cover is Mr. Sinister admitting that he's been videotaping the Summers and all the X-Men for like mm-hmm. a number of years. And that he's obsessed with Cyclops specifically. But anyway, well, the this whole isn't, that's family. not really what our show is. Normally, no. our show isn't just about Mr. Sinister. It's about us watching every adaptation of the X-Men ever. And also Animated, Mr. live Sinister. action, whatever. And uh, we've, we've finally reached the section of a- X-Men, the animated series that is about Mr. Sinister, who is our favorite campy, mega gay villain. Like, in and any show? Not even just, like, the X-Men, just straight up one of our favorite villains. He's pretty... He's really goofy in this He's episode. really great, and he has an entourage. He does, and his entourage is also, like, a like, gay boy super band. Super gay. It's so... It's... I mean, it's gay. This is, like, why our show is the way that it is. Because we eventually were gonna get to this episode, which is, like, the culmination of the queer subtext of all of x-men the animated series coming to bear in this the second episode of the second season of x-men the animated series i mean till death do us part part two part two part 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 two maybe three (laughs) (laughs) no there's wait is it two how many numbers is that two three it's as many times as you have to say the word part that's what number it is that's, okay that's, this is the stupidest this, joke this is getting ever. dumb this isn't even a joke like why do people <laughs> listen to our show where it's like saying part know. a number of times then making a joke about the number of times we just said it anyway okay so anyway um, i'm excited about this it, it was me too this is fun, fun to rewatch. Episode. it's actually a very dark episode because it features some really grim shit involving the friends of humanity that they try I would even argue, like, Mr. Sinister's shit is pretty grim and dark because all that shit with Morph is, like, That's crazy. true, but... But then his gay boy band yeah. entourage shows up. And... <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I what has pink hair? Like... I think it's more balanced in favor of goofiness than the episode that we just watched, sure. part, part one. Um, that but... that episode, I feel like, was pretty 50-50 between, like, the darkness of the Friends of Humanity plot line, which the Friends of Humanity are basically, like, neo-Nazis, but against mutants. And... Yeah, this might be a good time to do 
previously on the x-men so this previously on didn't really talk about friends of humanity at all or like but we need to mention it creed or like any of that like it comes up later in the episode but mostly the previously on just ran through all the transformations that morph did in this in the <laughs> second season pilot like it didn't even give us a plot line it was just they morph didn't. transforming it was just like, was just like repeatedly. okay so morph transforms into this character and then this character and then this character and tricks all the x-men into leaving the mansion and getting kidnapped and like falling into ravines and tripping over their yeah, pretty much it's just him fooling the x-men and that we know that he has some kind of ties to this new villain mr sinister and meanwhile mm-hmm. the friends of humanity are sort of the new human antagonist so now that senator kelly is out of the picture the friends of humanity have risen up because senator kelly has turned to a new page and he doesn't want to be anti-mutants right, anymore but he's because... still emboldened all of these bigots who are against right. mutants even though senator kelly's the president now and he's not in favor of putting mutants in concentration camps anymore he's still drummed up all this support from his sort of like neo-nazi followers and they feel and uh, there's a lot of like nazi imagery in that section of the episode but We'll get there. That's not how it starts. Right. Uh, so the status of all the X-Men after Morph tricked them all is that Storm was shot by a cop and is in the hospital. Jubilee yep. was sent to a Friends of Humanity like base, I guess, and, and was kidnapped, kidnapped by, by them. Then. Beast was being attacked in the danger room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gambit and that's Rogue. where it picks up is with Beast but yeah Gambit gets knocked out because he got tricked into kissing Rogue and Rogue's and... just flying around somewhere Cyclops and Jean are off on their honeymoon and they're completely unaware of this and Xavier mm-hmm. got like a mysterious call from Magneto in Antarctica yeah Xavier got set up on a blind date with Magneto but we don't get to check in <laughs> with him until the end of the episode well I like how it's definitely not a blind date because he saw Magneto but he's gonna pretend <laughs> it, it's blind just to be like looked, sort of like it raunchy it is a blind date though like not to skip to the end of the episode but like it's like i mean i guess i didn't know you were gonna be here and they like both it's so i don't even know i know it's pretty gay this episode is so fucking gay that i really don't know which which x-men we're gonna pick when we get to the section of the show where we evaluate okay by the end of this i had written in my head at least like three fan fictions in which wolverine managed to fuck morph cyclops and gambit all within like one scene great so and those will be published at atomicblueproductions.com later <laughs> later tonight. I mean, uh, <laughs> that'd be an interesting show, Ryan's dramatic fan fiction reading. We already have this a show episode, where I do that. This episode definitely helped me to understand the Wolverine morph canon, not canon, uh, fan, fandom, <laughs> fandom, <laughs> you, fandom is the word I You know, I was maybe it is for. canon for some people, Maddie. Don't be <laughs> insulting. Mean, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, this yeah. is like a Wolverine morph love fest. But anyway. So it starts out with Gene and Scott. There's like a plane. I, the plane doesn't do anything. Why is the plane there? I don't, I don't know. It's, know. A, it's irrelevant, but they're on boat. They're on one of the two boats right now. That's where they're at. <laughs> they're on one of two boats and Gene <laughs> is just standing there and the boat is docked. And Cyclops is like, Gene, we have to leave and get to the island before sundown. I don't know what island it is, but they're just going to a random island. I mean, was that a conversation? I wasn't paying attention at the beginning because whenever Scott and Gene do anything together, I'm so bored by it. It's it's extremely boring. That's what they say. And they leave See, on a boat together. They're on their honeymoon. Every five seconds, they're just making out and like getting ready to fuck on the boat. God, but anyway I, that's I never later. i have never understood gene and cyclops as a couple like i'm here for wolverine and gene or wolverine and cyclops even like cyclops and emma frost makes sense to me but gene and cyclops has never made any sense they're just what's their chemistry like what is it they don't have any and i feel like it's just it epitomizes 
I mean, just to psychoanalyze Jean for a second, I think that Jean sees herself as like this really dangerous person because of her powers. Right. And Scott represents like an extremely safe, boring dependability that she just gravitates towards because she's trying to convince herself that that's who she is. That's uh, how I read their relationship. You know what? I That makes sense. See, I'm, I'm and, glad And like I asked Logan you. represents like what she wants to have but won't let herself have. Yikes. All right, yeah, you nailed that. It's because I spend a lot of time thinking about Jean Grey. And well, like, that's what because there was a period of time are. where you literally had to play Jean Grey. So during that, I'm sure that's you true. did some character And also research. I was just like obsessed with her. I just thought that the love triangle was really sexy and like the idea of like having to choose between two hot guys. I mean, it's like a classic teen girl fantasy, I think. Yeah, you're like, right. Like you get why Cyclops is the safe choice, but Wolverine is so hot. I mean, it's like cliche for a reason. Yeah, but... you're right. I just never, I can never buy into Jean and Cyclops being like, we're just so in love and we're fucking everywhere it definitely seems like gene is faking it like that's my read on it is that she's just trying to convince herself that this is what she wants well according to this fan fiction katie and i found like last week gene gray is <laughs> butt fucking cyclops which makes a whole lot more sense oh to me, my god it does <laughs> if she's like like i don't know gets a strap she on puts and... on a strap on and just yeah. pegs him right in the rear that this is we, we've nailed it that this works. is a great episode so far we covered scene one is great <laughs> this They're is the great. first scene they're on a boat she's fucking they're on him a in the boat ass. she's taking out the strap on and she's like psych there's nobody for miles and he's like Lay Whoa, on, we gotta baby. get to the island soon <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes them me like them a lot more like that's like really cute i could i could see i could see gene being secretly kinky in bed yeah, um, she would totally be the dom. Anyway, so back to the X-Mansion. Beast is still stuck in the danger room. And I thought that he got taken out before, but it cut away pretty quickly. So he somehow regained consciousness and he's still fighting off all these crazy danger room setups that Morph placed for him before bailing to yeah. sort of keep Beast trapped in there forever. And but I don't somehow think Beast he was ever like, overcomes... Well, like, I don't think he, he gets shot think... by like blazers or something in the sure, last episode. Sure, but the last time we saw was that like a gun came up and we saw it fire, but we saw his face look horrified. I don't think we actually saw him pass out, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't I know. Think, I think this was a continuation of him just dodging that, but it was just wasn't... It just wasn't shown it... before. I think this was one of those like storyboarding errors, but... I'll buy anyway, it. somehow he outsmarts the danger room in like a weird way. Yeah. Like for some reason, one of the like missiles in the danger room fires and he just dodges it and it breaks the danger room itself. Like that seems like something the danger room would be designed to not do. Like yeah. why would that have worked? But whatever, it works. He gets out. And he just like hops out, runs away. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Morph is standing outside the mansion and he's having like a weird moment of realization and also he doesn't look like a zombie anymore like all no, of a sudden he, he looks like his normal self and he's in his x-men costume this is also a moment where he looks like we kind of get the first notion that he has been officially brainwashed because yes. he's standing there and he's like why does this place seem so familiar to me i think i was an x-men once like yeah and it's like you can tell that. that it's coming back to him and he seems again like himself and like is speaking in a normal voice again yeah and then we see sinister mr sinister who, who steps out of the bushes like him. i know he just like <laughs> steps out from like the shadows and he's like no morph they try to kill you, so you must kill them. And Morph is like, I don't want to kill them. But he he slowly transforms back into zombie Morph as Sinister is talking to him. It's very clear from this that Mr. Sinister is using his powers right, to he's sort fucking of with him. brainwash him. And eventually Morph him. just is like, 
Cyclops and Jean Grey are mine! And, like, I don't know, it says something weird like that. Mm-hmm. So then it, speaking of which, we go back to Cyclops and Jean who are fucking on a boat. Yeah, they're, like, about to fuck. Like, that's pretty and- much what they say. It's Cyclops, <laughs> oh, my know. God, Jean's like, like, who is it? There's, there's no one around for hundreds of thousands of miles. That's, and they're like, like, literally <laughs> lying. I'm like, Jesus, they're ridiculous on this show. I know. And but, then... But then, but then this- <laughs> Then a beautiful Bishonen shows up. Then Sephiroth comes down from the sky. This guy's name is Ruckus, right? Yeah, because he has this ability to... He He has like a canary cry, basically. Pretty much. And he looks like the male version of like Utena. Yeah. He has like long white hair, but it's like tinted very, very light baby pink and sort of shimmering in the light. And he's wearing like beautiful foppish, like medieval, like I don't even know how to describe his situation, but we got to post some photos, pictures on the Twitter. We just need to ask where he gets his product from because his hair is just beautiful. His hair is incredible. It looks great. He's beautiful. And so this beautiful man dressed in like military <laughs> regalia Gar. from like the 16th century or something is like popping up on the rocks and being like, hello there. And Jean's got her like, I have a what? message for you. And Jean's and like, like, what's why, going on? And Scott is Cyclops is like, all right, well, what's the message? I'm like, are you for real, Scott? Jean is just sitting there like, are we seriously talking to like some weirdo? <laughs> yeah, pretty like, much on the shore and then of course ruckus is like the message is that he's just gonna scream his supersonic scream at them and like cause their boat to crash into the shore and then like all these guys show up and they're known as the nasty boys and this is which is a ludicrous name okay but they all have ludicrous names and i I know but nasty boys is like canonically their name in the comics and like they're more or less the same in the comics you showed me all those i did i'm I'm just gonna say all their names while we're right here because go for it we have ruckus and he's Mm -hmm. the one with the scream there's gorgeous george who's the one that turns his body into like tar and there's there's definitely some like body issue content with him there's yeah. Hairbag, who's basically Sabretooth. Ramrod is another one, and he controls plants. Is Ramrod in the show? Um, I don't remember, honestly. I don't think Ramrod's in the show. But I sort of remember there being a thing with plants at one point, but I might be wrong. Uh, I think there's, there's only four of them in the show, but we can get to it. Yeah, and then there's Slab, who is the one that like is just like this big, bald, I don't know, like, juggernaut. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. And so anyway, mm-hmm. they're all... They all look ridiculous. They're all wearing like Halloween costumes, but like if they're going to like a Halloween party at a gay bar, basically. Yes. Like yes. that's I, I'm trying to find the most appropriate way how I can just start describe these guys because when I first watched it, I was just sat there and messaged. I you. mean, I was they like, look like they're going bar, to like a drag bar. show or something. Like they just Yeah. I don't know. I mean it's kind of interesting because like you have kind of the B Shonen types, which is like Gorgeous George and Ruckus who are like really high femme and then you have like slab and hairbag who are both like super bare muscly guys and it's kind of like like kind of dressed like panthro from thundercats so they just look like they're in bondage 24 7 yeah i mean there's so much going on with these guys you gotta just see them we can't even we'll just have to post a picture and we're doing our best to describe them but it's like just guys glammed out with slab and hairbag why do they both have jamaican accents is that what accents they have i have no idea i think that was just them using the same voice actor probably i could not figure them out 
But I, I hope I they're dating and I hope they're very happy together. I'm pretty sure everybody is dating in this period. So anyway, they attack and they have the callers from Genosha and they make comment about that too. They're like, courtesy of Genosha and they get them on Cyclops and Jean and Jean doesn't mm-hmm. use her powers like at all to like stop any of this. Yeah. Jean I, I, is just so useless on this show. It kind of annoys me. I'm I I don't even remember if she becomes less useless later or what, but she is super dumb on this show. No, I kind of remember her being dumb here and just like she's not that way anywhere else. It's stupid. But anyway, so they get the collars put on them and it's very bondagey and like Sinister is like super fucking pumped that they're there. Oh my god, Sinister has a comment there where they're like putting the collars on them and he's like, It's easier if you don't resist. <laughs> It's so much. <laughs> also, he introduces himself in the Bond James Bond way, where he's oh, like so Sinister, Mister Sinister. Though his first name is Mister, like, <laughs> who fucking says that? He's just a he's a gentleman. I, don't I, I just know. think it's funny and stupid. Well, anyway, so they go back over to Rogue and Beast, and oh my god, Beast yeah, is dressed. Yeah, Rogue and Beast are visiting Storm in the hospital. And also, Beast is wearing, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles level of a disguise where it's just, mm-hmm. like, a trench coat and a hat, but it's not even, it's, like, not even covering him. It's yeah. just, like, still blatantly Beast with a coat on. Yeah, but with a, <laughs> with a fedora also. Yeah. So, apparently they've had, like, no time to talk to each other since all that craziness with Morph, which we soon learn. But they, Yeah, they, because they don't, they don't know that Morph was even there. Yeah, so, they, like, rushed to meet Storm, basically, as soon as they, they heard that she was in the hospital. Right. So, and so they go in there but and... But they, they don't just go in. They, like, break in. Like, yeah, they don't go in the front door. I wasn't sure why, because it seems like they could have. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a hospital, but maybe it's Like, because... later on, Jubilee visits Storm in, like, the normal way. Yeah, but see, I guess I they agree, were just so desperate like, to see her that they, I like, weren't willing to This is, like, wait. a plot hole a little bit, because, like, they saw her as a threat, so the cops shoot her so she is technically detained but she's also hurt so she's in the hospital and so like yeah i couldn't would she tell be if she was being those kinds of detained visitors? or not i i just genuinely can't tell and it's not explained to us and maybe it'll be explained in the next episode i don't know right. we'll see but obviously if storm was recovered she could just escape the hospital on her own anyway so it she, doesn't she really would. matter i don't think she would like do the beast thing she's like by the way beast is <laughs> sitting here and he's like he's the one that says that they should like break in to see her and then break her out and i'm like beast you just spent an entire season being like we must follow the laws and like wait until we're like let go legally and now he's like we're gonna break out storm i'm like what what changed (laughs) you know i buy that because in the previous episode beast was just set up again that's like they true. were just filmed by the Friends of Humanity guys who were trying to frame them and Beast was holding a gun to take away their gun and like that was on the news immediately. So like right. Beast has just been framed twice and he's like, oh, actually the deck is stacked against us because we live in a bigoted society and they'll come up with literally any reason to you know arrest You're us. Right. You're right. Maybe the... I should just stop this weird respectability crusade that I've been on. I mean, plus he's kind of worried about the Friends of Humanity. Friends against humanity. Oh my god. The friends of humanity who 
are like far more terrifying than Senator Kelly just like saying bigoted things on TV. These guys are literally yeah, like Yeah, they've killing got guns mutants. and they're like killing people, which we'll get to. But anyway, so they they hop in the window and they're maybe going to break Storm out, but they don't because Beast looks at her medical records and he's like she needs she's going to heal, but she needs to stay in the hospital and have time to heal. Yeah, and then this Rogue gets really upset argument. and I love because this it's she's like, worried about her girlfriend. I was going to say, this is gay, too. This <laughs> is so, so gay. gay. And I like, loved it. so it was mad so about cute. Storm. Yeah, like, understandably, because Storm almost died, and she was, and Storm told Rogue to leave because Beast was going to show up and meet them there. But that was just a trick played by Morph. And so Rogue is, like, yelling at Beast because she's like, you were supposed to be there for her. You let us down. And Beast is like, I don't know at what the least fuck I you're talking here. about. What did she say? She goes, at least I came back to help her and didn't hightail it when I was supposed to be there like you. And Beast is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, I was there when Storm <laughs> called you. Yeah, and Beast is like uh i don't remember that phone call but then a doctor bursts in and he's like what are the mutants doing here and they both and jump immediately call security in which beast says maybe we should return during regular visiting hours and it's like yeah okay yeah, beast. which which then leads me to question whether that was a possibility for them to begin with and if so why didn't they just do that but whatever know. but then we go to the friends of humanity rally at, at, yeah. that's being held at a movie theater that literally says on the movie theater like a uh, scroll thing it just says like friends of humanity rally here and yeah. it's this is a pretty i i love this whole scene start to finish like yeah this is probably my favorite part of the whole episode because it's just really fucking good. All the way, like it's, it's like, also like the darkest part of the episode. So that speaks to whatever mood you're in. This no, no, no. Week. It's not even. I mean, I think it's it speaks to me in the sense that yeah, this is a real fucking thing that we're dealing with in current politics, and it has happened historically. But also, there's just a lot of great moments with Jubilee and Wolverine oh, here yeah. that are just This is so... a cool moment for Jubilee, but she's not there yet. We've just got this Friends of Humanity guy. I mean, is this Graydon Creed? I don't this know. This is Graydon Creed, and he's screaming shit like, tonight was a warning to all mutants and what we will mm-hmm. do to them. Here comes a mutant he now. He says, let humanity be cleansed, which is like classic Nazi oh terminology. Oh my God, I know. He's cleansing. like, he's He talks about much. the mutant disease, which made me think about like AIDS metaphors, like to describe it as a disease. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about a lot of different things. Just say something about if we can't lock them away in camps, we should kill them or they, like yeah. whatever the, the I mean, kid-friendly version of that. There's also all these other Friends of Humanity guys who have guns. Yeah. And those guys come out and they trot Jubilee out on stage and they're like, like they have like automatic rifles. It's crazy. Oh my God. And so like Graydon turns around and he's like, what should we do to her? And everyone's like, fucking kill, kill the bitch. She's a mutant. And it's, it's like crazy. They're I calling know. for a child to be murdered. And then, and then he turns to Jubilee and he's like, you heard the normal people. And it's like. It's and a Jubilee lot. And then, has like these amazing lines where she's well, for, like, "Really? They don't seem normal to me." I know, I know. And she like, says something like, "She's like, why do you hate us so much?" And Graydon's like, "You are born." And Jubilee's yeah. like, "You wouldn't be saying that if I had my hands untied right now because I would fucking shoot you in the face." Yeah. I just love that she, in this moment where she could potentially die, Jubilee is still being sassy and not standing down. I liked down. it because I think it's a sign of growth from the other times that we've seen her get kidnapped in yeah. previous episodes. Like, I feel like each time she's 
been stronger. And it's like really sad that so much of this show revolves around like a child getting kidnapped. But getting kidnapped by like big really robots cool and then here. enslaved and then being captured by neo Nazis. It's like it's a little and much. And these guys have like guns. Like this is so straightforward. It's literally just humans with guns who are going to murder a kid. Like yeah, it's, that's it's, what this is showing. I know. And then Wolverine and it's crashes terrifying. through the ceiling. I know he like crashes through the fucking like glass ceiling because it's they amazing. didn't really pick a secure place to do this rally. No, they and didn't. I, everyone starts screaming and I see he's attacking. And I don't know if you caught this, but somebody in the background just goes, "Hey, it's that guy!" <laughs> oh my god, what? No. <laughs> somebody screamed, and I was like, "Wait." <laughs> what somebody like recognized wolverine. so i guess like wolverine's like famous and so wolverine grabs jubilee and gets her out and he's like you sure pick weird places to hang out and jubilee's like storm sent me like and wolverine says something uh, really funny here he's like do you know how much bubblegum i had to sniff to find you which yeah like I... in this terrible <laughs> mood we were just in like this terrifying dark and i also thing. thought about that line for like way too long me too because i, like, I just imagine wolverine like saying? going up and down the streets sniffing like bubble gum that's like stuck to the sidewalk being like is this jubilees i mean that's one interpretation but i was also like was he trying to find jubilee's scent and like is this a joke about jubilee being a teenager who like chews <laughs> bubble gum and like so that's how he was trying to find her i just he was, love like, the i just love the image of wolverine just sniffing sticks of bubble gonna be like is this it like <laughs> it's so weird it's a great line though but but he pushes her out and they escape and it's great and i love that scene because it's just very real and it's very scary for people that are like in the minority that are being bullied and threatened and potentially are going to be murdered by people that are bigots you know and like this is yeah. like a real life problem that continues to exist and this TV show went ahead and right away and like just did it in the 90s, like straight up. And then it's great because all the lines between Jubilee and Wolverine are so good. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like there's another moment in this episode that I feel is quite as strong as this one, but I do like the whole episode. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the mo- that's the scene in the episode that feels serious and like legitimate. The rest of the episode is like goofy as fuck, but yeah. I enjoy that stuff. So it's fine. Me too. Anyway, back to the X-Mansion. Yep uh rogue and beast are still yelling at each other about the same thing and they wake (laughs) up gambit who's been passed out because he kissed rogue in the in the previous episode yeah and he just punched him in the face that's how he really went out (laughs) no he got knocked out because of rogue's powers so he finally wakes up and rogue and gambit get into a fight where she's like why did you even kiss me you fucking idiot and he's like you told me I could. <laughs> and she's like, I definitely didn't do that. And Gambit says, Gambit, don't ever go where he's not invited. I know. Which I liked because I was like, I'm glad the show is clarifying that Gambit wasn't like trying to non-consensually pursue Rogue. Like he was right. trying to do what she asked him. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's being charming. He's being Gambit. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, Xavier flies in on his little like Harvard chair or is it I immediately knew that this wasn't Xavier because I knew Xavier was in Antarctica so I was like this has got to be Morph and it is but we yeah. don't know that right away so Xavier wheels in flies and in he starts giving this really long speech that is I mean it's pretty long that he's going on about how they're being attacked by some new weapon that creates like mind control and illusions yeah and like they're all just standing there and they're like nodding they're like okay yeah this seems legit which I mean 
if somebody came flying into the room and just started screaming at me, I'd be like, what the fuck? No. But like in the X-Men universe, they're just like, yeah, that seems like pretty normal for us. Like, well, also they've had a really weird day so far. Like I mean, all also, of them have clearly had weird miscommunications and remember things happening differently. So they're already fighting and looking for an explanation for what happened. Meanwhile, right. Morph has to do some damage control here because they're going to figure out it's him. So he is disguising himself as Xavier and is like, uh, yeah, so it's definitely not a shapeshifter. It's definitely this other <laughs> thing I made it's up and pulled out of my not, ass. It's definitely not the thing. It's definitely not Mystique. <laughs> it's definitely not like Zelda transforming into Sheik. It's none of those things. Yeah, those are that's a list of stuff it definitely isn't. What it is is mind control from a mysterious source. And right. you all should watch out for illusions. And I'm definitely not using a dress sphere right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then Wolverine and Jubilee get home and Wolverine smells morph right away because right. it's Wolverine. Right. He's all confused. He's like, why do I smell morph? Morph shouldn't yeah, be here. Morph's he's, dead. Well, he's, this can't he's like be. He's sad almost because he's yeah. like, how how can this be? Well, he starts and, off like that and he starts sniffing and he starts getting like angry. He goes from like sad to like pretty angry and then he turns to Xavier. He's like, morph it's you and he's like why are you doing this what's going on he gets like so flippant so fast which you know i think that's a realistic reaction to find out your dead friend's not dead and is now posing as like professor xavier fucking with everyone you know yeah so then fake xavier immediately is like wolverine is seeing things he's under mind control and wolverine like knocks xavier out of the chair and you can kind of see xavier's legs move because it's totally not xavier right right but we're not sure yet and right right Wolverine's screaming it's morph it's morph yeah yeah he's telling everybody it's morph and he's like can't right. you all smell him and he's like saying to beast like can't you smell i mean him? i know everyone's just standing there like no we don't smell anything wolverine should yeah be like, like you you have that's smelling not our powers power. that's not something we are able to I do know. but and like Wolverine everybody like, looks <laughs> And then Morph Everybody. says something like Morph um, says he's out of control, destroy him. Yeah, which and in kids' cartoon language means kill is him. Kill him. And Gambit's yeah. like the one who stands there and is like, I never heard the professor ever say that. And I love I this that was so, so much. Funny. This is so good. So Xavier is on the floor and Gambit throws a charged card at him. And so Xavier jumps up to get away from it, but then the card discharges because he didn't charge it enough. Mm-hmm. And so Morph turns around and literally everyone's just staring at him yeah because and then he just goes i'm cured and starts doing like a little dance and, and it was like, doing like a dude, little irish jig oh my hilarious. god yes and then he like throws a plasma grenade and where the fuck was he hiding that like <laughs> i don't know oh my god um and so then they all realize that morph is alive and <laughs> wolverine is like he's alive and rogue goes and in a lousy mood oh my god that's like a line too. i would have written when i was a kid Sure. I also I just liked that like none of them understand why Morph is mad at them because why would they? Okay, so there's like a lot of lines here where Jubilee is questioning Morph's motives and she's like, Why is Morph trying to kill us now? And I'm like, What do you mean now, Jubilee? You never met him before. <laughs> You're right. And I was like, I, I mean, we can assume the X-Men told her. Who I mean, he she was. met him for like two seconds. Yeah. But like she seems to know a whole lot more about him than that's actually possible, given what's happened on the show so far, because they never interacted. Like, he died before she even joined the team. I mean, I guess that's true, but Wolverine's pretty obsessed with him, so maybe he's, like, constantly regaling Jubilee with tales of times Oh, wait, no, when she, did, she did meet him. I'm wrong. Yeah, she, she met him because he was, like, changing stuff on the TV for, like, a yeah, second. Yeah, he was, like, imitating them, but, like, 
All right. I'm yeah, sure so in there. her head, she's just like, Morph was one of the X-Men and the X-Men are always good because I'm a child and my perception of the world is that everybody is good or evil. And like, I mean, there's like no good? gray area whatsoever. Yeah, because she's, she's a teenager. Julie, she's questioning that. And, you know, B says something along the lines of like, perhaps he's mad because we left him behind. Yeah. Uh, which, which fair. Um, so mm-hmm. then Morph goes to steal the X-Jet, but like when he, as soon as he opens it, Jubilee and Wolverine had already gotten ahead of him or are just like standing there waiting for him. Yeah, I don't know how they got there so fast, but they did. And like and... Wolverine has this whole thing where he tries reasoning with Morph when he's like... I know, and it's kind of sad. Yeah. I liked this scene. He's talking about how Cyclops was the one who made the call to leave. And he was yeah. like, you know, maybe he was wrong, but that was the call that he made. And he did it to save all of us. But that, and like, I think Wolverine says that he disagreed with it, but like... I, he's trying he to understood why the decision was made even though he disagreed with it and he has yeah. regrets like he says all the right things kind of but morph is like in mind control mode like he's just like who are you trying to convince me or you and like yeah. that's a fair point i think wolverine is more or less trying to convince himself there over actually convincing morph you know yeah that's definitely. How I feel. he's trying to justify the fact that they left behind somebody who wasn't dead yet even though they thought he was and they right. could have saved him and so Morph takes out a gun and goes to shoot Wolverine. Well, also he turns into Wolverine first. Yeah, and so and then we have the whole like, which one's the real Wolverine? And what like Jubilee's like, shit, who would I shoot? And Wolverine turns around, and he's like, you have to blast both of us. So she does, and she hits that one, mm-hmm. and like that turns out to be the real Wolverine, and the Morph gets away on the X jet, and Jubilee yeah, says something and then like, "Afterwards, Jubilee was like, I really thought that you would have been the one to tell me to shoot both Wolverines, not Morph." And Wolverine is like, "Well." you guessed wrong and it's like i mean like really wait, Wolverine's like not even bad because like yeah i mean they're you're right like what can i tell you <laughs> <laughs> like good yeah call, that would have been like the right thing to say and i didn't say it Whatever, oh kid. shit wait let's redo it again morph come back we have to do this again see if she can get it right morph comes but back morph out is already he's like, on the Fine. jet and he's flying away and yeah. then rogue and everybody else shows up and is like oh yeah so i know morph i made a note there was like all the x-men finally show up like after like i don't know where they all were they were all after standing like there. 10 minutes of wolverine monologuing at morph about how his death wasn't his fault the the rest of the x-men were just like hanging around in the mansion arguing about like you know kissing each other yeah pretty much and so, like, I don't remember who says it, but somebody asked where, where Morph is going. A beast, again, mysteriously has an answer where he goes, perhaps after the person he thinks he needs to kill the most or something like that, you know? Like, and it's Cyclops, because yeah. now Morph knows that Cyclops was the one who made the call to abandon him. So he's going to go to this mysterious island. Right. And so we go to the mysterious island, but not with Morph. We just go in and Mr. Sinister. Oh, my God. All this is this is so fucking this weird is like and gay very and it's bondage-y. like this is like, like the basis of every fan fiction i wrote in high school is like right here yeah, in this, this scene. is like the sexual moment that ryan imprinted upon as a young Apparently, boy like, was like cyclops tied to a pallet while mr sinister leers at him and is like i've been taking videos of you for oh my your god that's life. literally that's not even an exaggeration like they're just sitting there and like Mr. Sinister monologues about how he's been videotaping them from the bushes and he's been like <laughs> watching both Gene and Cyclops and like Polaris and Havoc and he's like you are like the perfect mutants to have the perfect child mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make I wrote this down the master bloodline for an unbeatable race of mutants who will be my slaves yeah so which he wants is like also s- kind of like Nazi-ish so it's it kind of like a weird parallel there it's it's kind of like what apocalypse was trying to do but like there's actually some sort of like content there because apocalypse was just like 
I've yeah, been making slaves I mean, of literally everyone and then kill them all because I'm Apocalypse. Or Mr. Sinister is like, I'm going to create the most powerful people in the world and make them work for me, which yeah. is a little bit like it makes more sense than whatever Apocalypse was trying to do, which was like just doing nothing. I, don't, I, guess. I still don't really know what Apocalypse is trying to do. I, at least I, you know, I don't understand what he's trying to do, like in the comic books either. Like, I just have never understood the like the horsemen and stuff like he's just kind of like so you got all blowing up capital buildings for funsies i know mr. why is sinister he turning has really into specific statues. motivations i know and, and mr sinister is just like he's he wants to be like a dictator basically he wants basically, to just but he also wants to be a dictator in which like he has the power to experiment on like it's all about the science like he's immortal and he wants to yeah he just wants to explore science and he feels oftentimes as scientists do pretty limited to what they're allowed to do and what's like legal and what's like i mean i guess like he's limited by like the ethics of not killing people exactly i was gonna say like so hard to be mr sinister he just wants to do science pretty much but he wants to to do science where he can be like the king of the fucking world and also like everybody's his guinea pig like that's just his deal is that he wants everyone to be his guinea pig Mm -hmm. so he gets the dna from cyclops by pulling a tentacle <laughs> monster out of this? it's like straight up like a Japanese anime horror tentacle monster. He pulls it up out of the floor. The thing has fucking teeth. He like Yeah, like we don't even, even see what it? happens. It turns away and we kind of see Mr. Sinister shoving it into like Cyclops's ass or something. We don't even it's know. So I don't and even Cyclops know. Cyclops is screaming away. and like Gene's like, holy shit. What is Gene's going on? sitting there like it's weird that Sinister isn't really paying attention to me at all, but I guess I know. I'm just I know. And then, so then finally he pulls the thing away, and Cyclops looks like he just like got fucked so hard that he orgasmed and couldn't breathe. Like that's okay. Really that's where not he's part at. of the show. That's just no, in Ryan's fan it fiction. Is. It cuts away. None and of so that it cuts was away. There. But he's he holds the tentacle thing and he pops out what looks like a fucking jelly bean, and he's like, "Here's your DNA." And I was like, "Is that what DNA looks like? A fucking piece of." <laughs> rock candy like i don't it was just absurd also this like fucking base they're in is so fucking weird it's like covered in like yeah it looks kind of like a weird temple or something yeah when they do the long shots of it it looks kind of like an ancient mayan temple but then it's also like like covered in like weird monsters like pieces of monsters i don't know it's a lot there's i'm sure it's just like a hodgepodge of different like magical ancient civilization i I don't even know what it's supposed to be referring to but they're in like a weird place i don't even think they say the name of this island do they like are they in a place let's just assume it's like hawaii yeah that makes sense Definitely. that's not what it looks it's like it's an island in the middle of nowhere it's full of pretty men i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know it could be anywhere and we don't find out at least not in this episode no so anyway then jubilee visits storm in the hospital and is telling her about morph and i liked this scene because yeah, it was just kind of like, like too. a it's... moment where jubilee gets to like talk to kind of a parental figure slash sister figure i'm kind of getting the vibe from this cartoon that the relationship that Jubilee has with Storm is kind of like the one she's supposed to have with Wolverine, but like she definitely has like Storm as big sister. I like deal. it. Because I do too. I'm not. I'm not just, opposed to it. I don't know. I thought it was nice because I like when Storm gets opportunities to like wax poetic about human nature. So Jubilee has this moment where she's like, feels like everybody hates us and like everybody hates the X Men, and she's like having her emo teenager moment. And Storm kind of gives her a pep talk and is like, "It may seem that way, but there will always be humans who are open to hearing the truth, and it's important to try to find those people." Yeah, and then like for every like 
terrible human out there. There are so many more that are willing to fight the good fight, which I think currently from what we're experiencing like in 2017 is mostly true. I feel like there's an overwhelming amount of like bigotry that we're hearing about, but an even more overwhelming power of people saying no fuck that like equality is a way to go yeah i mean it was nice to watch this scene now just because i don't know just like a kid being like it feels like everybody hates us and then sort of being reassured like i get why it would feel that way and yes there are some people who hate us but those aren't the only people out there and you're surrounded by people who support you and i I don't know i just liked it i I liked it too but then it goes Um... back to morph Who's who's now found the broken the t- the broken two boats and yep. <laughs> you know he comes out he's got his little gun and he somehow finds Mister Sinister's like Aztec like legends Tomb of the hidden or temple or whatever yeah yeah and runs in and just wildly just starts screaming at Cyclops and Cyclops and Junior are like whoa what the fuck is happening yeah because they're already first of all they're like wait Morph is alive and second (laughs) of all Morph is evil now and trying to kill us like it's a lot for them to take in I mean they're just like genuinely shocked they're like what the what the fuck is happening Morph does this crazy reveal where he's like also I was the reverend at your wedding so you're not even really married oh my god and then he's like so petty that he like got rid of the reverend just to be like and i'm gonna fake their wedding just for no reason i mean just to make it null and void because because cyclops has cyclops has buried fucking morph's soul six feet (laughs) under the ground and because of cyclops now he has to live in the shadows and like it's all his fault (laughs) And then Sinister walks in and he's like, um, okay, so my little pet Morph is getting a little off the rails because (laughs) I I didn't actually want you to come here and try to kill Cyclops because Cyclops is my fuck toy. Toy So I'm going to need you to not kill him. I know. And so they're like, okay, but like, can somebody explain how Morph is here? (laughs) And so Mr. Sinister does this, and this is, this is animated in a creepy way the music gets creepy, creepy and I really we see liked him they we see i mean Morph as far as sh- like heavy-handed exposition flashbacks go i thought this was really good and like yeah it's corny for sinister to like monologue to everybody explaining what he did but like why no. not i liked i liked the animation a lot so it shows morph dying or yeah, appearing and basically to die he's di- dying and mr sinister reveals that while he was taping the x-men for the bushes he saw yes. Morph die and he was like, oh, maybe I can revive this guy and use him to my advantage. And he puts so he puts Morph him this, into like, this, this fucking weird, huge machine that like, like, looks I know, really creepy It's like some weird cool. alien pod. And like you see him being like electrocuted. Yeah. And it's like It's very craziness. like Frankenstein cyberpunk. And then like yeah. Mr. Sinister like puts this weird thing into Morph's head. Oh, my God. It's like literally like a little it's I, I'm going to say bug, but I'm not talking about like a computer ship. It's like an insect that like, yeah. crawls into his brain. It's gross and like weird. an earwig or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fucking weird. And like he's like, but it turns out that Morph's brain was impossible to repair. And so I had to put this thing in his head to make it work. And it's like fucking obviously a lie. Oh, but my God. I know. Now and- that's why sinister is able to mind control morph because he puts this like fucking weird thing into morph's brain right but then all this comes to a, a stop because then like the x-men all, show like, up all, the x-men just like blow apart the wall and then sinister's like stand must there be dramatically destroyed. In the so wind. then all the drag queens like come out and there's some 
pop music starts playing and they all start like walking down like strutting towards them and the x-men's like what the fuck's happening like yeah and it's like suddenly like i mean a four i would i really battle. wish this is what did happen is that if it was just like the x-men showed up and like sisters like get them and there's a drag show just starts and everyone's like that would be amazing just like a beautiful coordinated dance routine i mean and, i like... kind of wanted the i kind of wanted them to win like not the x-men i wanted the nasty boys to win because i just the like, nasty boys don't win i'm they so don't, sorry but, like, I love but they there's... do they do like get away i mean and we'll get to that but like it's insane I mean, did you write Whatever. down did you write down in this battle because all i wrote was like I did. huge battle with the nasty boy drag queens that's all i wrote down because it was okay like... i'm gonna mention like a couple highlights because okay so first of all wolverine starts facing off against hairbag and it's fucking hilarious because wolverine instantly calls him hairbag i think as an insult and then hairbag is like wait how did you know my name it's like genuinely freaked out by it and wolverine's like, like i, I did it know. you fucking idiot jesus <laughs> yeah and so hairbag is like attacking wolverine and i guess i will say that it is like not great that like one of the very few black characters on the show is like once again really stupid oh my and, god like, that's hairbag but anyway I mean, all, we, we have storm thank god we do so, we do they just enough. can't they just can't do black male characters for some reason on the show at least not yet like not without having them be like really oafish and stupid but yeah. maybe there's other characters that i'm forgetting but for the moment we've got hairbag and also his boyfriend slab who are like double teaming wolverine and like I hitting know. him with a tree rogue <laughs> saves him and then no, uh, oh I, and then gorgeous george starts hitting on gambit and is like hey pretty boy come he really here. does and it's like, he literally oh says God. pretty boy and then gambit goes gambit likes to play hard to get <laughs> it was oh amazing my God. but i want to point out fight. that like it was like wolverine is in danger and then gambit mm-hmm. goes to save his boyfriend yes. and then gambit's in danger and rogue goes to save her boyfriend, her boyfriend. Like, yes it's so, yes like, amazing. it's perfect it's perfect so rogue saves her boyfriend and then she manages to avoid gorgeous george who's like made out of like slimy gooey tar kind of he it's says it's kind of like the blob but he's where... like a be shonen version of the blob where yeah, he, he can, can like, like sort of transform stick to his shape a little bit and he says mm-hmm. that he says that he has no real shape and he can he's fluid he said something about being fluid which i thought was interesting and that i mean he just, you know uh, yeah like i think of the, being a, a beautiful nasty boy like it's i mean all, i it's guess it's it. like he could just kind of be whatever he wants which is kind of cool it is cool um, and so he wraps his tar around rogue but rogue kind of wonder woman spins him away yeah plus i assume he can't touch her anyway like he starts was screaming in pain that. so i was wondering if maybe she used her powers like maybe if he touched her face or anything while he was uh, like I trying was, to cover her i was her wondering tar. that because like if he did that like that's still his body right like in sense mm-hmm. he, he exactly that was how i thought she took like... him out because what yeah. happens is she like spins him off of her and he's like screaming in pain and then he falls on top of slab and so slab is like wow and it's like funny Where and stupid are we? And then Beast takes out Ruckus. Ruckus, by the way, is the one who can scream and destroy everything. Right. Um, and Beast quotes Tennyson for no reason while doing so. And the way so. he takes him out is just, like, covering his mouth. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, but like, he's strong the guy doesn't even, like, try works. and get away or, like, bite him or anything. He just, like, gives up. I mean, I think Beast is, like, strong enough that he can overtake Ruckus because Ruckus is, like, this tiny little fairy boy. So... That or Ruckus is like, ooh, who's this hot bear that's got me? <laughs> Yeah, everybody just starts like kind of making out, and then Sinister shows <laughs> I up. I kind of want that to be what happens here. Like Sinister shows just... up, and he's like, "Everybody, fucking stop it!" And he just starts shooting <laughs> beams at everybody, and is like, "Cut it out!" 
He's like, we're not and that's supposed how to have the fight fuck fest until with later. Just showing up and being like, what the fuck? And right. so meanwhile, and then, meanwhile, Cyclops and Jean are un unsupervised briefly yes, because Sinister had to go intervene. And somehow Cyclops has the power to just break himself out of the handcuffs now. I yeah. Like it turns out he could just get out of them all along and he was just like enjoying being in them. Like what's the He was the just enjoying there? being but fucked by Mr. Sinister's tentacle monster. Like, why didn't he break free before? I don't know. I I thought that was a pretty massive plot hole, and they should have like had Beast run in there and take him out, or like something. They should have had some or, explanation. Like, maybe Morph just could have walked over and freed them because he like there's this whole thing where like Cyclops is like, "Come on, Morph, you used to be an X Man once. I'm so sorry for what I did. I thought I did the right thing, but like you have the right. choice now to like be the X Man that you are." And Morph picks up the gun and goes to shoot Mr. Sinister, and it doesn't do anything. Mr. Sinister. Yeah, that's what happens next is like Cyclops gets out, he frees Gene, and then he's kind of like trying to give Morph like a talk that brings him back to humanity, and it kind of works. Like Morph goes away from his zombie mode and and gets back into his normal mode, and when Sinister walks back in the the cave, uh, Morph shoots him. But Mr. Sinister heals, like, immediately. And this moment is fucking amazing. Like, it this really, shot, it's he just so looks good. down at his wound and just kind of smiles easily. Just, I know, and, he also like, looks, like, slightly like, annoyed a little bit. He's like, all I right, loved it, and I, like, really wanted, like, a gif of that. Oh, my God. I just enjoyed the animation of because him Because it smiling. doesn't do anything. Like, he gets hit by this, like, gun and just, it, like, doesn't affect him at all. And Mr. Sinister's like... All right, time to fucking kill you. I'm done. It's so like, good. Except that then Cyclops uses his eye beams on which Sinister. Which turns out to be the only thing that could hurt Mr. Sinister. So Mr. Sinister is very surprised by this, and he sees that a chunk of his body is just, like, gone. And it's not regenerating, which right. is terrifying for him. And, and Cyclops like, is like, keep away from my friends! friends! <laughs> Which and I Sinister, was like, Sinister's so... also running right. Okay, Sinister's literally running away, screaming, "My body, my body!" <laughs> and meanwhile, all of Sinister's little boyfriends like run up to him and carry him away to their oh ship, my God. and they it's all like, get onto this huge spaceship like... and like fly away. And for some reason, Cyclops like lets them get away. I, like as I... soon as they get away, he's like, "Wait." <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. And Jean is like, no, it's fine, honey. We'll get them later. And I'm like, what? Why did you guys I just don't even let know. It's like Jean's response to that is like, no, we'll get them later. And like, it's okay. And Scott turns around. He's just randomly, he's like, but we're not even really married. And I Jean's know, like, like, that's like, his go to is that he's married, like, and Jean's just like, but we me. are in my in our hearts we'll always be married and he goes oh i love you and they start like being like oh i'm oh, making out and wolverine, <laughs> and just, wolverine looks just looks at me turns like, around and he goes where's, where's morph, morph? <laughs> which i took not even as like what happened to him it's just like he's watching them make out and suddenly same, he's horny same, and he wants to same. fuck morph that's why i, I interpreted, interpreted that. It that way instantly because we're the same person oh I just... my god and I know. And you know what? I know that And then that a Morph... second spaceship takes off and apparently Morph is on it. Like, that, why are there two spaceships? There's like so many fucking spaceships. But in the fan fiction <laughs> I wrote in my head after watching this is like, Wolverine went to go find Morph. And before Morph got on the ship, he was able to like fuck him one last time. I mean, if only because Morph then left. Wolverine has like this really sad, cute monologue where he's watching the spaceship fly away and he's like, he's the only one who could ever make me laugh. I'm not going to desert him this time. I mean, we know that's not why you miss him, Wolverine, but we get it. Like we get I mean, that he's you in miss love, him. You know, love is love is hard. Anyway, it is. I like it. And so he it. wants to go after line. him and like fucking... 
everyone's like no everybody else is b says something weird where he's like maybe he's worried about hurting us and he's better off with those other guys and i'm like beast like shouldn't he (laughs) like give a shit about morph at all yeah wolverine's like fuck that i'm gonna figure out where he is and i'm going to find him like that's pretty much why is everybody like weirdly cool with the fact that the nasty boys exist and are like (laughs) a a huge threat now like everybody's like they weren't really a threat to them i think the x-men were like mildly entertained like they just got to see a show like you know (laughs) I mean, it's like a funny way to interpret it. Like, I don't know. It's like, like I understand there's supposed to be actual villains. Thing I know. That happened it's just way. It's way better to me that like. I mean, I know that the canon here is that like these are Mister Sinister's villains. This is his henchmen. Yeah, and they his are bad, squad. and we're supposed to see them as scary but, like, and I bad. I just see it more as like like Mister Sinister puts on a drag show with all his drag friends. All the X Men come to see it. Like that's the way I mean, I'm interpreting this episode. Do you think that's like, our interpretation though? Because I feel like. Other people might have been scared by Mr. Sinister who aren't us. I mean, I don't know. The fucking was definitely not scared by what's his name? The Banshee. Um, Oh, Ruckus. Yes, Ruckus. He's, well, he's anyway, there's pretty... one more scene in the episode, and it's a blind date between. Oh Magneto my god! And I was like, as if this episode couldn't get any gear. We quickly cut to Xavier, who's on his hover chair on a snowy cliff in Antarctica by himself, and I was like, what the fuck? How? A, how did you get up there? Two, this cannot be a place that you consider, like, a meeting spot. Yeah, like, they just are randomly on a mountain. And Magneto's (laughs) also there. And both of them are like, like, Xavier's like, okay, Magneto, why did you call me here? And Magneto's like, what? I didn't call you. You called me. And then they both realize that they've been, like, pranked by their friends, which is like, No, but well, first Xavier's like, I can't believe you would resort to lying to get to my dick, Magneto. And yeah, Maggie's like, like they're both accusing each other of like lying to get the other one there, and like then right. Xavier then just goes, "Finally, I think I sense some evil." Oh my god! In I was like, area. I wrote, "Finally, Xavier uses his fucking psychic powers after literally everyone has been fucked around with by Morph. Like all he needs to do was like think really hard, and none of this would have happened." That's why. <laughs> that's why Morph had to make sure to send him like all the way to fucking Antarctica. I was kind I mean, of impressed I did that he, Morph though, because actually... Xavier never uses his fucking powers anyway. I mean, good point. But I was also impressed that Morph bothered to also send the real Magneto all the way there, like just for the purposes of fucking with both of them. Yeah, I like. I don't really know what the purpose of that was. Apparently, the meeting place like has a bomb on it that just goes off, like, and they just scream and go falling to their death, and that's where the episode ends. Yep, Magneto and Xavier die in each other's arms Cut at the bottom black. of a cliff in Antarctica. That's how it ends. It's really dark, but it's also really romantic. I'm pretty sure that this is the season where they end up well, married. I think they went no, well, sort of like in the Savage <laughs> Land, and like Xavier somehow regains his oh ability my God, to walk, the Savage and they like Land. they like literally walk around in just like tiny clothing for like an entire season. I remember those catching episodes. each other in their arms. I don't know if this that's this season. I guess we'll I see. It may not be. Maybe if we hadn't watched the show out of order 600 times, we'd have a better idea of what episodes were coming next. We come from a (laughs) generation. All right. So we come from a generation in which like TV existed and like they just played whatever the fuck they wanted to. Yeah, you would just watch whatever was on. There wasn't a way to like, unless you had like videotapes would just be like two or three of the episodes. Like you just had to watch what was on and until you could 
videotape it yourself onto a VCR. Well, yeah, and also you could just take still out what of order. was on on the TV, but still not necessarily know what order the episodes were supposed to be in. Yeah, and anyway, like that's it doesn't just kind matter. of how it went. People know. People oh know that God. we don't know what episodes are next. They've it's, listened to the it's show. It's interesting to me now that we're trying to go back and look at this in a, with a critical lens and like we're watching it in order, and it actually makes way more sense than i ever remembered it being i just kind of remember it being like wacky and fun but no there's like coherent plot lines here that overarch over an entire season which never saw it that way so speaking of which it's time for us to talk about politics there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode right i mean the the friends against friends against i cannot it is not a card game ryan <laughs> it is they are a threatening group they're not fun little like like words friends on cards about sex and blue man groups game banning that's not also who they are. if they were friends against humanity that would be the opposite of what they're doing i, I don't need yeah so the friends of humanity are here and they're kind of like the obvious politics here because they are... They're, they just uh, seem like neo-Nazis. I mean, like, they even have armbands that have, like, a, a at logo. At the time that they were definitely designed, I think, to more look like actual Nazis in the KKK. I think so. However, in 2017, we could just straight up be like, oh, it's the neo-Nazis that currently exist. Like, here yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like, again, this is an example of something that if I had watched it 10 years ago or whatever, it would have felt so far outside my experience to have like essentially a Nazi rally where they're like dragging this Asian American teenager on stage and saying they're going to kill her in front of everybody. Like that would have felt so unrealistic to me that it wouldn't even re- be on my radar screen as something that I'm like afraid of happening. But, <coughs> right. However, uh, you know, now we have to worry about hate crimes in a higher frequency. Yeah. And that's, and it's, shitty and crazy. scary and, and like, you know white supremacists marching in the streets and, and they're not yet at the level of like having like, rallies where everybody has well i guess they are i mean they have rallies where everybody's armed yeah and they don't it's pretty fucking terrifying yeah i, I, mean, I, I don't know how much further we can dive into it i mean it's pretty like clear clean cut it's, on it's what they literally are. like a one-to-one Example like they are literally just, Nazis. The they were written to be Nazis, and they <laughs> and are. They are successfully that. I think it's just that we emotionally have a connection now because of what we are experiencing in 2017. I think that's yeah. I mean, I think is. that's why I was like feeling weirdly emotional about the scene where Me Jubilee too. and Storm were talking, and but I was I, just I, like, I think that's also Jesus, why I was like, like weirdly this is like what I need to hear. Yeah, like Storm is telling me things I personally need to try exactly. to think about. I mean, God. and that's uh, and that's there's there's some politics there too where Storm's like, well, yeah, you know, like for every bad person, we have to remember that there's a bunch of good people who are also still fighting for us that aren't mutants that aren't. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't even quite put it that way. She says, she says like people who are open to hearing the truth, which I think is still like a really legitimate way to think about it now, which is like all the people who just sort of quietly look at this stuff happening. And they're like, this doesn't seem right, but I, I am not like an outgoing person and I don't know how to help, but I don't agree with what's happening, but I'm interested in, following people who do know basically we just need the x-men i say that every episode but we really i I mean i agree and i think storm is a character who technically should be angrier than most of the x-men and and is a very powerful x-men a very powerful mutant but she's like a mutant who also is you know black and she also is an immigrant because she grew up in cairo and like right and she also uh, is somebody who used to be a thief, like a, a street thief. 
that she's right, kind of like an she basically grew up in like this completely marginalized way by like being yeah. homeless and having to fend for herself and then, and and then went to this like period where like she was worshipped like a god and then like you know found out she wasn't one i mean that's because to be saved for a storm origin story and i think you know they've hinted at it in like the comic books that she probably it might be bisexual to some degree so she's really marginalized like straight across the board but she is probably one of the strongest x-men like emotionally mentally and also like powers wise i i just think she's awesome yeah and in (laughs) the show she gets a lot of lines that are like correct like she's like okay so you know you have the right to be mad absolutely and you need to get out there and fight but like we also have to make sure that like the way that, we that are we're careful because we're gonna be judged more than anyone else like yeah. any action that the x-men take has to be really considered i mean in watching the show like basically every moment of it i'm like why isn't storm in charge like why is I mean, xavier I feel, and that when I, re- I feel that when i read the comics there. even now i i think storm <laughs> is the most appropriate leader for the x-men and she goes in and out of doing it yeah i mean sometimes she is the leader and like i feel like whenever she is i like it more because i just like her more as a character well it's arguable okay i know we're going off track here but you can say yeah this isn't the storm spotlight episode we'll we'll do that eventually it's not but uh i would i would argue that the only other person i think is really fit to lead the x-men is emma frost who is not marginalized like storm is but like she'll go this she'll go a step further than storm and she'll she will sell her soul to keep fighting the fight like she will not go down at all i mean much like storm she does also have like a history of crime and sort of like bending the rules and then sort of walks that back later and is like let's figure out other ways to to fight i think but anyway we'll get better than like cyclops Wolverine's not Wolverine they they tend to put him as a leader a lot because people just like Wolverine and I think Wolverine has life experience but like he's also somebody that like fucking fucks around a lot you know and yeah I mean I I do to bring it back slightly I did like that once again this episode sort of navigated just the politics of violence and when it is and isn't okay to use just yeah. even with that one line from Gambit where he's like Xavier would never say that we should straight up kill like somebody that we but it's not like Gambit wouldn't be happy to kill somebody like no. he's but just like... the one who's like wait a minute like Xavier would never <laughs> say this and like I just thought that was funny too and I, I also love that ex- that fucking gambit uses like a trick against yeah him. Like he does a, and he like also like trick. is so confident that it's not xavier that he's like whatever i'll just like throw a bomb at him it's i mean fine. like that's literally the only thing that he really does in this episode and it's great that's not a that's not a politic so we it's don't need not to talk about um that. so a politics thing i think it's like pretty undeniable that mr sinister represents like a predatory scary version of homosexuality oh that is God. like a total I mean, I know, and i hate that i hate that and i hate that like i am somebody that loves mr sinister i so get it much. though because this is the depiction of but homosexuality that's in like so many cartoons it's like know, we fucking love ursula and we love we scar really, and, and we love maleficent and jafar and like those are all examples of like queer coded villains it's who... it's i mean you're right this is always constantly or like team rocket you know yes I, uh, great examples pretty... i mean like a lot of times gay people will be the villains but i think what's kind of interesting about this is that the heroes are also really gay and I, <laughs> I mean you're right so it's just kind of like like a face-off so i don't really oh know what we take from this like i just i just like i don't know if i really internalized the idea that being gay was bad from like this show per se think, like not no, as much I, as i, I would have from other sources either, but i i think the best way i 
always been able to make people understand who Mr. Sinister is for the general audience that doesn't know X-Men is that Mr. Sinister is straight up like Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. Like, yeah, that, he is the same fucking character. But even Dr. Frankenfurter is like a really complicated example of like a queer villain for exactly the same reasons. But it explains you know? like how somebody how people like us also become obsessed with Mr. Sinister's that like, yes, he's like he's a villain and he's not there putting people that are like gay he's like kind of gender bendy like with the Miss sinister stuff so there's like yeah sort of like gender presentation commentary right. being made and like he's breaking boundaries with science and genetics and like oh what's wrong with him like there's a lot of like queer coded elements right, to all see, of that is like so, he's against so, nature and it's I know, dangerous and it's like he's put in sort of like in a negative light but also similar to frankie Furter, you also sort of want to be mr sinister oh yeah and i think know? there's like a level of that that's like reclaiming where you you kind of look at that and you're like, yeah, he's against nature, but like, but he's also he's like the awesome. super like queer dude that also like is empowered ribbons. and like doesn't give a shit, like you know what I mean. And so, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we might be reading far too into it, but that's I the don't. Kind of I feel like this is, is all like right on the surface of who he is. I feel like he is super flamboyant and like that is definitely a part of i mean he's wearing like black lipstick and he's got a little like fucking diamond on his head you know yeah i mean Um, i i don't know but he is also like undeniably like a sexual predator but it's also like i get why people sort of engage with that as a safe fantasy like it doesn't necessarily mean that like you want mr sinister to come and sexually assault you (laughs) in real life you don't want that to actually you don't want that but I get why the fan fiction exists because you sort of like have a safe place to live out that fantasy in right. a sense where you're opting into it. Right. I don't know. I, I'm like totally supportive of people having like BDSM fantasies and stuff. Yeah, and, and I, mean, I that's think what, that's what he is. And like, that's fine. I keep on it's coming just, back to like the Frankenfurter thing, but it's like honestly the best way I can explain Mr. I Sinister. I mean, that's a, that's a good example, but I think there's a lot of other examples of like similar, like more kid friendly. I mean, we listed all the Disney ones. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, Jafar putting Jasmine in handcuffs and all that stuff. Like, there's always yeah. like these sort of queer villains who will kind of like tie up the hero, and the hero oh will be God. like, Do you, oh, you know no, oh, oh I'm my God. tied so, up. I know, but have you, there's a fucking, you can probably find this online at this point, but there was like a scene that got deleted from Aladdin that was like, it, I, not not because it was like bad. I think they just Because I it was like triple X like, gay porn. But it, I mean, yes, it was basically that, but that's not why it got canceled. I think they just ran out of time to animate this whole thing. And it was like this whole thing about Jafar putting Aladdin into bondage and singing about that. Like that was like jafar's wow. moment like it's, it was a singing about him dominating <laughs> aladdin you can find Great. it it's real i forget what it's called you can google it um but it's a real thing i uh, just i don't know i just think that like these villains are iconic and they sort of speak to something forbidden that you're not supposed to want and i yeah. i think that's like part of the queer experience and part of like anybody who's into like bdsm stuff i think or i think both. i think you're tapping into something here because the more i think about it i mean like you know that i and to like villains more than good yeah, guys but i feel like this is a lot a, of this is we're getting personal on the mutant but, but like, i also feel like a lot of queer people and a lot of people in the lgbtq community also really love villains because i can tell you like from the community that i know if i post a picture of like team rocket everyone's like 
they're the inspiration of who I was as a child. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, it, that's and like pretty a lot much of how that it is goes. Like, that's who there is to look at. Like, that's yeah. who there is to idolize that, like, reminds you of yourself. And it right. sucks that that comes with being like, there is something wrong with me. I shouldn't tell anyone about this. This is, like, something I should we're, be ashamed of. I mean, of. we're still fighting this problem because Disney, I mean, even when fucking, like, Wreck-It Ralph, the, the bad guy, was obviously gay and that, too. And I it's know, like, it's yeah. still going on. I mean, and it's, it's like only recently that we have a show like Steven Universe universe where we have like a bunch of open gay characters that are also just the heroes straight up yeah you know i mean i wish i could argue that x-men the animated series is also that because according to us it is like all i the mean X-Men according to the fan fiction where morphe <laughs> wolverine had their last moment to blow each other before he got on the spaceship and left yeah i mean i don't know like i think there's a lot of queer subtext with the x-men i think like, and it definitely legitimately speaking... like i mean we talked about it a lot with like rogue and the cure and like sure. aids metaphors and stuff and i think that stuff is really there and it's legitimate and like you can totally do queer readings of the heroes of the x-men and i think that helps balance I mean, out it's what this other stuff i think the x-men was i mean yes it was aimed at anybody minority but like it in general was sort of purposely like based on the queer community and i know that i we, think we so it apart i mean we talk like, about it like, a lot on this show like the fact I mean, it's that being a mutant seems like a metaphor for being gay but it also just it does. doesn't we also have mr sinister's nasty boys who i mean <laughs> they like they're called the nasty boys they're, they're called the nasty boys they're definitely queer uh, like they are <laughs> there's I, a I, lot I, I think it's it, there's like a lot of different types of gay representation there, which I don't think was even intentional when they were created in the comic books. It or on might the show. have been. I mean, I, mean I, don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know like where it came from, but like we definitely have like the big burly hairy dude, and he's sort of like this bear, and then we have like we this got like a couple of burly like, hairy dudes, and then I we know, got like we a like, couple yeah, of like, and then we have the androgynous like Bashonin, where he's just yeah. like this pretty gay boy. And then and, and then we, we have, have like, this guy who's like squishy and he can kind of turn into anything. Yeah, and, and he like, doesn't really have a gender. He can be fluid and whatever he wants to be. I mean, and I think it's great that they're all teamed up with Mister Sinister. Like, not who because is also villains. like a, a fluid character, a gender right. fluid character himself. Yeah, Although yeah, I don't exactly. think they get into that on the animated show, but like in the comics, they do. Okay, also the one that wasn't there on this fight, the one that like summons Ramrod, um, the one oh with the God. gayest name. Yeah, the one that has the gayest name, and also like he carries just like a piece of wood around at all times. <laughs> sure. No, I'm serious. He carries like. He carries like this like wand and it's like he just literally carries just, a like, huge dildo and attacks people. He just, like, he just has like this phallic thing in his hand at all times and he waves it around to like control like vines of wood and shit. Like it literally says in his profile he has the power to control wood. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what right. else to say. <laughs> I don't know why they left that out. It sounds great. <laughs> it sounds like a great power. Uh, anyway, well, speaking of the nasty boys. Okay, are we doing? Are we ready? I think I I mean, do you have any more politics? I think we covered we like literally started from the beginning of the episode and went to the end of it. I mean, yeah, I guess I said everything I wanted to say. I mean right. I, I I could talk forever about Mr. Sinister and queer subtext, so like we just I have mean, to I stop think, ourselves. I think at some it's point. gonna come up again. I just yeah. have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling that, that, that Mr. Sinister comes season. back on the show. <laughs> okay. So All right. it's that time though to get into even more gay stuff, and it's not even the gay section. Not yet. Nope. It's who's, who's that, that X people <laughs> X group X group. Um, so when I started this episode yesterday and I was watching it, I literally was like, I don't know who I'm gonna do because at some point we're gonna hit 
an episode where like there just isn't a new character introduced that we haven't seen before and we'll just have to like pick somebody who's never been on a show just so we can keep the spotlight going and Mm -hmm. and i felt like that's what we're gonna end up having to do this time however ruckus showed up with the nasty boys and i was like I really want to do the nasty boys because I really want an excuse to like, you want to do them. Yeah. Well, especially Ruckus and his beautiful pink hair. Yeah. Ruckus is gorgeous. It got, it it helped. It was nice because that then led to me doing like a Google image search of them. And there were just so many great photos from the comic books. You sent me a lot of really great pictures of just different drawings. They are really pretty much spot on in this cartoon as they are in their comic book. They are. It's actually like a pretty much a one-to-one translation over in terms of how they look and dressed in the comics which is yeah cool. and I, they haven't been around like they didn't try to straighten time. them out or like make them seem less gay they just went ahead and made them I, as, gay I mean, as they already are they, they came out during the period of time that i'm sure you've seen especially with marvel unlimited and you were you've been rereading like the avengers mm-hmm. there's been so many like crazy groups of weird characters that came out in the 70s and 80s like the serpent society and that yes. kind of shit and so this is like one of those groups and they had like another group that sort of went along with the nasty boys, which was the, um, the mutant liberation front, which also features right. uh slab sister, Thumbelina, who has the opposite power of him slabs, the big bald guy. That's he, he can grow b- bigger and he gets stronger. Yeah. He's yeah. Like we said, he's kind of like a pseudo juggernaut, but a mutant. Yeah. His, his sister is, looks just like him but she can shrink down and the smaller she gets she gets stronger which is actually more terrifying yeah that's actually an awesome power like she gets more dense yeah and so like eventually like this little tiny person that's like an inch walks over to you and like breaks your ankle that's an awesome power yeah right like that's interesting but anyway so the nasty boys they are uh mr sinister's strike force and they came after the marauders and they are not the marauders the marauders came first and the Marauders were far more terrifying, but also the Marauders. Well, yeah, because the Marauders like committed genocide or whatever. They really did. But again, the Marauders are also characters that are also like gender fluid. Like a lot of them, like Arclight. Like Arclight has never been consistently one gender at any point in time. I don't know. That's that's the Marauders in general. They just kind of go back and forth on that, which is fine. I think that works for Mister Sinister. Uh, but in the nasty yeah, boys, Mr. Sinister is only interested in recruiting gender fluid personnel. He's, I mean, that's fine. I think that's that's the kind of employment that he's willing to offer as a but gender it, fluid it, like, being. If you aren't like willing to even try, it's like fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show where you like. Yeah, have it's to, like, like get the fuck out. Like either yeah. you're willing to wear the corset and dance on the stage, or you get or the you fuck have to get out. the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they are not the Marauders, and sometimes. They get misspelled as the nasty boys with a Z, which really That's makes amazing. them a boy band. Like because it's 100%. like boys to men. Yeah. Yes. They are in the shared Marvel universe, so they don't just appear like strictly in X Men titles, where like a lot of X Men characters really only stick to X titles until there's mm-hmm. like a massive crossover. But again, these guys are like Avengers villains, so they do pop up. The members, which I already sort of went into, include Ruckus, who is actually the team leader between all of them and he's the one with that scream but he similar to dazzler takes sound and like turns it into an attack but it just turns into a supersonic scream so if you yell at him he just kind of collects the sound and screams at you um gorgeous george turns his body into sludge and a tar-like substance which we covered hairbag is basically just saber tooth like he literally has claws teeth enhanced strength speed Mm-hmm. um you know he's except also that like, he's like a jamaican black guy for some reason yeah. um, at least in this show he is i know ramrod quote can control plants and wood 
And he also always has his wooden staff with him. I am sad that Ramrod is not in this episode I because that would have been really fun. Well, but... they do come back in this series and it's possible he might be with them then. Because I, I yeah. vaguely remember an animation, but I also might be thinking of Black Tom Cassidy because I think he does... Something I feel like, like it's that. a lot to introduce the four characters. Like we barely see Slab at all in this episode. It's almost entirely like Ruckus, Gorgeous George, and um, Hairbag. Right. And I don't. And then I'm Slab not... is like kind of an afterthought. And I feel like having a fifth character would have been too much. So Pretty I get much. why they didn't have him. And all. Slab, I already explained to you. So I'm not even gonna. I just talked about him. Yeah, 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 totally. But Slab was actually the first of all of them that ever appeared in the X Men universe, in which he faced off with the X Factor member strong guy and i love strong guy he hasn't been around a while but he's he's this big dude with tiny little like glasses he's great basically then after that the full team battled the x-factor and the uh, nasty boys were being led by senator stephen shaffron who is a mutant himself known as ricochet and um basically uh shaffron could change probability in his favor kind of like domino yeah, um, didn't they put Ricochet in, like, that bad Wolverine movie? Or am I misremembering? So I think the character I'm remembering is Agent Zero, who is a character from Marvel Comics, and he doesn't have probability powers, but much like Domino, he's an expert marksman, and basically his mutant powers are just being really good at marksmanship, but I don't really remember that wolverine origins movie super well because it sucks but eventually we're gonna get to it on this show i can tell you right now that i've i've never successfully watched x-men wolverine origins like completely since we watched I, it together no, that one time i fell asleep even in a theater i fell asleep when i saw it again after that i just like it's bad it's not good like <laughs> It's a bad movie. It is God. bad, but we're going to have to watch it again for I know, that show. may be the first time I actually completely watch it. I've, I'm telling you, I've tried to watch this movie several times, and it's like, I just like fade out, get distracted, I get bored. I just listen to- You're going to have to take notes, man. We're going to oh have to do it. We're going to get through it. It's it, going to happen. It's kind of like you when you were watching E.T., and you kept on like oh losing my plot God. beats because you were getting bored. I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, anyway, so- um so it turns out that the senator chaffron wasn't even mr S- it, it was it was mr sinister because it wasn't the senator and mr sinister was posing as him because he wanted to like publicly discredit him as a mutant terrorist he was afraid of the harm that would come to mutants if like senator chaffron continued to be put in the spotlight and, and like he was worried that like chaffron was going to hurt havoc and polaris who are also part of the summer's family and like he wanted to make sure that they would be safe, so that was a, a, a subplot to that. The Nasty Boys were taken into custody after that, and Ramrod was deported because of immigration laws. Wow, that's like a thing that happened. Uh, and then Slab stayed with his sister Thumbelina as part of the Mutant Liberation Front until Mister Sinister got the team together again to stop Malice, who again was trying to kill Havoc and Polaris. And Mister Sinister needed the team to work together with Polaris and Havoc to sort of distract Malice long enough for Mr. Sinister to kill him. Then a little while later, Ruckus came back again from the Nasty Boys, and he tried to kill Senator Kelly, but the X-Men stopped him, and then he is taken into custody. And they really didn't appear for a long time, but then they appeared recently again in the most recent run of Extraordinary X-Men, uh, but, like, very briefly. And it's too bad because I, after watching this episode, I really fucking love them and I want more of them. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't come back again and like 
been their own series because i yeah. feel like you could redo them in a modern way that would be really fun right and the final fact i've written down for them is that they never became <laughs> they never were anything I else i don't know i don't know how i was gonna pose that i got a little distracted there I, I, they just never <laughs> appeared in anything besides x-men the animated series they never appeared in any other series so this oh this was yeah it. they've never been in any of the movies or anything right and they weren't in like Too wolverine bad. and the x-men or i, blah, I blah, just blah. after watching this episode i really just would fucking love the nasty boys backstreet boys drag show type of deal where the, I, I guess technically I just, they would be the I spice girls i don't even know like i mean i i'm surprised nobody no marvel writer has dug back and sort of reclaimed them and been like i'm gonna do a nasty boys comic about these characters that no one remembers I from mean, the 70s really and 80s fabulous and fantastic and they work great with mr sinister that would be fun but it would also be fun if the five of them just branched off and were like fuck mr sinister we're gonna do our own weird we're gonna shit. become a band i mean yeah. yeah i mean i would be into it <laughs> they'd be like the misfits from gem and the holograms like they're oh, just like the sort my of god like that's exactly who they are Holy punk rock band. So the Who's x-men would okay be so German. i guess that makes like fucking ruckus pizzazz i'm like naming which one's <laughs> that's which now. a form of fan art that should exist like or like a cosplay group that needs to happen i just i i just really loved this and i love the fan fiction in our heads like the version of this episode in our heads that we wrote in which they were like <laughs> The X-Men come to fight them, but they're just like, they just it's do a Mr. Dance. Sinister's gay club. And he's the MC and he owns it. And there's a bunch of tables and like Cyclops is like chained I mean, to honestly, a table. I mean, honestly, like how it's not even that far-fetched for Mr. Sinister to have a gay club that's literally called Sinister, but it's like written in red cursive, like, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm, I'm really this going This is the off. musical that Ryan's writing that we're no, all going to star in. No, I fucking hate musicals. I don't want to do any musicals. I'm just not into that. But Except that you clearly are because you really wanted this entire episode to be a musical episode. I just No, I didn't want dance. it to be a musical. I just wanted it to be like the fucking nasty boys like dancing. They like, you know, all right. like. They don't sing. They're just dancing. So it's totally different from a musical. Yeah, it's more like a dance show. Excuse me. Great point. All right. So, so speaking of this, uh, which X-Men, which, who is gay in this episode? The everything in the episode is so <laughs> gay oh my god the only I don't even scene know where that isn't start. gay is I mean, like I the really, scene i mean i clearly you know my vote right now is just like straight up on the nasty boys and mr sinister however i do give an honorable mention to xavier magneto's blind data thing because it's that's pretty it's gay so funny and like i don't know if our listeners like pay attention to the other shit that we do but like we have this other series called gino and read all these old stories from it and like the character poochie is always setting up kit and tracer on stupid <laughs> dates like this where he'll be like okay kit go to this location and tracer also go and like it just reminded me so much of like all those stories where... i mean i feel like every single time we watch an episode of this i i feel like like it's clearly what inspired our fiction i feel like one. what i was writing at the time it, like in the types of characters i wrote because like obviously there is a mr sinister villain in gino but like like just in general like the the way that these characters act 
in- yeah. influence the way that I write and the things anyway, they that say. Anyway, that was like, like a total aside, but I really enjoyed the like Magneto Xavier date at the end, although it yeah, was only like five seconds. It was, it, it's pretty great, but I liked Rogue being sad about her girlfriend. And I also really love fucking Wolverine and Morph, who I actually I think they might be first. I think they might have to be because this is such a good Wolverine and Morph episode that I like I it's like to the point where like yeah they were definitely fucking it just seems like it I mean I ship them now based on this episode I yeah I liked it I liked the vibe between them they had chemistry it worked for me in the woods that's so them but then also the nasty boys like i don't know how to don't forget about mr sinister on cyclops that is like thing that actually did happen in this episode like for real yeah that was completely that wasn't even like made up like that was a thing that was there there was a scene where mr sinister poked cyclops on the ass with a tentacle that happened okay the ass part didn't happen but we don't know we don't we didn't see we just heard cyclops being like oh oh that didn't happen at all. And then Jean, I like how you're like, this happened in the episode. And then you just recite something that doesn't And standing there and Jean is just like, yo. I, she's like, I know you're fucking him in the ass because when I fuck Cyclops in the ass, he makes those noises. <laughs> also, I'm a psychic and I can, and I don't even need those powers. I can just watch. It's great. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't know who to choose. I guess I'm choosing Wolverine and Morph, but it's like a really close race between that and like Mr. Sinister's whole deal. And then also the Nasty Boys, especially Gorgeous George, like openly flirting with Gambit while trying to fight him. Yeah, that was like pretty great. I guess we have some Gorgeous George on Gambit stuff happening. Mm -hmm. That was the gayest part, but... I mean, it's so gay. I mean, was it? What I I know that we keep saying this, but I'm like, which one was the gayest part? Because I feel like all of it, like, start to finish. I mean, I'm just choosing Wolverine and Morph for the sake of like, just sheer time spent on a relationship in the episode. <laughs> okay, that's, like they had the fair. most scenes together. I I I'm just gonna go ahead and say, for me, it was it's the Nasty Boys because I'm been stuck on them this whole fucking episode i I mean i get it they're wonderful i i hope they come back i guess we'll see i was really into that scene where mr sinister showed up dressed as dr frankenfurter (laughs) that didn't happen (laughs) oh my god okay at the sinister gay club so yeah there's a lot of options so we have to rate the episode I, I don't want to give it five because it's not like the best episode, but I'll give it's it like not... 4.5 like because I really so enjoyed fun. it. I, it's yeah, like... I guess I'll give it a four. I mean, it's really good. And I actually thought the writing was really good, too. Like, especially gonna... all the lines that Wolverine had about Morph, like those really resonated. And the Jubilee Storm scene I liked yeah. a lot. Like, there's a lot of moments that were just like quiet and worked really well and then there's also like really goofy moments with the nasty boys that worked well too i i also want to point out that it's not like four point or four is a low grade because this is on a scale like one to five yeah it's four out of five x's so i'm giving it 4.5 because i i thought it was well written i think it was uh, i did a good job of balancing this really horrifying political shit that's very real um and also managed to still be silly and fun for kids without like striking a balance like sometimes we would be watching a show where like there's just like a lot of serious shit happening and then like somebody like falls down it's you know what i mean to like remind you that you're watching like something kids could be watching like you know when i watch like 
Star Wars and it's like the serious shit is happening and then fucking and then, like, like R2D2 is like, like I know. making fun of yeah and, yeah, it, and exactly. it's almost like annoying because it like really just breaks it and this I don't feel like that's the case I think it just does a good job of like walking that line between like this really dark serious shit and then like also Mr. Sinister like putting on a drag show you know mm-hmm. and also like Wolverine's bubblegum line I mean there were a lot of like really fun one-liners in this and yeah I even liked the like comedy of errors situation of like everybody figuring out who Morph is and like him dancing as Xavier and like yeah, there were just like a worked. lot of like funny charming moments in and, this. Uh, it is not just like um just the writers. I think there was really great animation used oh, in yeah, this episode absolutely. and I think that they had a lot of fun with it and you could tell and you could also tell that like this is the product of season 1's success and here they are doing the first two episodes of season 2 and they have a bigger budget they have more time to spend on it they clearly aren't rushing through it like they were with season one it's great i i'm really enjoying it and i'm i'm sad that eventually we're gonna get to a point with the show where it's goofy but i'm really enjoying that we're still oh in like God, the golden Jubilee's age of, theater of or wolverine at a church <laughs> oh my god i <laughs> we're gonna get to that and it's gonna be bad but until then this was a really fun episode and an example of x-men the animated series at its best yeah, it was. The end. Hey, we're n- not at the end. We have reader mail, Maddie. Reader mail. This is after we did the X-Men 2000 movie review with Mary Ellen. Mm-hmm. We got a message from Ray in which he writes, Hey, guys, wanted to start by apologizing in advance for how long this email is likely to be. I just caught up to both of the live action episode and the season two premiere. Wanted to share some thoughts on each. Um, I loved the movie when I first saw it, but didn't feel like held up to sub- in subsequent subsequent viewings. I can't talk today. Part of that might be my own failing. I have a difficult time separating my own expectations and visions for the characters and story based on the comics and what they do in the movies. I'm with you, dude. I, I talked to I said that that we were yeah. talking about, especially with Rogue. Yeah, which is what he mentions is Rogue as being like the disappointment. Right. As such, apart from Jackman Stewart and Romain Stamos, which were great casting choices. And McKellen and Jansen, which were good but not great choices, love Sir Ian, but he's as far from the depiction of Magneto in the comics as you can get. Which you have said before on the show, Ryan. You've talked about how you and think I, that. And I've said that extensively. Like, I love Ian McKellen, but, like, he's not He's, Magneto. like, a fun Magneto to watch, but I, I get it. Like, he's really nothing like Magneto in I the really, comics. I really love Michael Fassbender as Magneto. I, I think that's closer to how I would picture him being. Right, and just sort of, like, that walking the line of, like, anger and trying to do the right thing but also being like silent a lot of times and like moody and weird yeah, and like, like having it, a lot of issues i mean ian mckellen is like so gay that he did everything with like a little bit of like sass and snark so like i mean and that's fine i'm not complaining about it, but it's not the magneto i know Ma- yeah i mean maybe sir ian should have been mr sinister i do disagree on Fomgate though i don't like the way they used her in the movies in any sense of the word but I think if they had gone and not fucked up X-Men 3, she would have been sort of perfect for the Dark Phoenix because Fonke Johnson is a actress who has been known for playing characters that seems to start off good, but then become like super fucking crazy batshit insane villains. And she's so good at that version, that kind of villain and she would have been perfect for it and they just like she has a lot of dramatic range and she they just i mean she was wasted and so that's i know it's like really disappointing 
And she's talked about that, like how there aren't parts for older women and how like Jean Grey could have been such a great example of that, but they really right. fucked and it, it up. And it just didn't happen. Um, and then he wrote, I very much disliked the rest of the cast. Paquin and Marston were especially brutal. Marston also wasn't helped by having the douchiest possible version of Psych to be given to portray. <laughs> um, apart from casting choices, the story just felt wrong. Rogue was incredibly misrepresented as a character and making Gene and Storm so utterly useless was near criminal. And we talked about that. Like, mm-hmm. we completely agree there. Like, I mean, I get what, I get his point about Rogue, which we talked about. And I mean, you made a lot of points on the episode, too, about why they did that, that I think are correct, which is like, yeah. they wanted I mean, her to I don't, be I don't, a way That doesn't mean I audience. like it. I, no, I, I mean, it sucks. I mean, we definitely have talked on this show about how her portrayal in the animated series is so different and so much more enjoyable to watch and so much more nuanced because she gets to be weak and also strong in different points. And in the live action movies, Rogue gets jack shit to do. Like in the later ones, which we're going to yeah. get to, yeah, she yeah, just yeah. is also wasted. And I think that just, that's just sexism, man. Like yeah, all it, the female characters oh could be. Well, the X-Men films are definitely suffering from a lot of different problems. And that is one of them. Yeah. Along with casting, like, uh, young boys in a sexual manner which is weird uh like just saying like the x-men films need to get out of that world i mean maybe entirely. they should just let us direct them i mean probably you hear that listen disney <laughs> i know you tried buying fox last week can you just do it and put us in charge like please we've got yeah. so many good ideas <laughs> we'll even write the scripts for you we're pretty faithful uh anyway he said, that being said, I thought your analysis was witty and insightful, and I thoroughly enjoyed the episode and thought Mary Ellen brought some great perspective, and I will definitely be adding Let's Watch Two Movies to my rotation. This is hilarious to me because I thought it would work the other way around. I thought there'd be Let's Watch Two Movies people. I that think would be there like, were. I hope. Yeah. I, I don't well, know. Well, for hopefully. sure. But this this is like proof that somebody was like, Mary Ellen's great. I'm going to go follow her. I'm like, of course, because she is great. I can't even say anything bad about that. Like, she's <laughs> a, a charismatic and smart person. Like, damn it, Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen's funny than we are i, I mean that's know. true um on the For season real. premiere besides the usual kudos i just want to say i'm firmly behind ryan playing mr sinister in the movies as well as upping my patreon level if it means we get wolverine clones <laughs> um thank you i know i'm perfect for mr sinister i i think i posted this bad halloween costume i have of him somewhere i on think my you Twitter. did it's it's I don't somewhere it's been posted There's so before. many of those we can post it again <laughs> yeah uh, I really enjoyed the politics segment this week. I appreciate how you draw the parallels to our current social climate and how 30 years later we are still debating creating registries of people simply due to their birthplace, ethnic origin, or religious practices. How none of these politicians grew up without ever having read Days of Future Past and seeing how poorly that worked out is mind-boggling. <laughs> uh, lastly, I would like to thank you both for being such a huge source of inspiration for me. My buddy and I recently started a podcast of our own where we talk about pop culture, social issues, and pretty much anything that catches our attention. And you guys gave me the confidence to even try to do something like that. We are still learning about how the structure and edit blah, blah, and all that stuff. The show, and I draw so much from the amazing work you guys do. Aw, this is you. This, like, blew my mind because I feel like our show structurally is insane. So, like, I love that there we're inspiring anyone. There were a lot anyone, of people but... <laughs> after we did our Insomniacs in the Morning podcast, like, when we ended it and we got all that reader mail where people, like, we started doing a podcast because of you guys. And Insomniacs in the movie had zero structure. So, I mean. I mean, in some ways, I think we're proving that really anyone can do it. Because I if, think, if whatever I the think... fuck we're doing counts as a podcast. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think, like, if, if you want to do something with your best friend do it like absolutely because you know what the reason why we are having as much fun as we do is that something that we get to do together 
and then we can go back and listen to these like 20 oh, yeah. years later from now which is something I mean, we've always that, done and it's also just like it's a structured way to ensure that ryan and i hang out a lot which as an adult it's like hard to do that right. <laughs> and like it's hard to make time for that but if you sort of have a standing project with somebody then you make sure it happens and it's also fun so yeah, yeah. everybody should have a podcast fill the world with with more projects between best friends the end absolutely uh and then finally here it's sorry again I figured this would be really on. I totally understand if it doesn't make it on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to read all of us. Can't wait for Till Death Do Us Apart Part 2. Well, here you are. Yay! <laughs> See you next time. And I did read the whole thing because I liked, like, when I got this email, I sent it to Maddie. I was like, this is a really long email, but I like what I really liked it. And I appreciate the feedback about about the X-Men live action movie, even though I don't necessarily agree with all of it. I like totally see all of your points. I like hearing different points of views on like pretty much anything. Yeah, I mean, if people have different points of view on the stuff that we talk about on the show, write in at themutantages yeah. at gmail.com and we'll probably read your entire email on the show and compliment yeah, it your really amazing the writing link. style and I know. discuss your viewpoints because we have smart fans and we really appreciate We really do. Like uh, that that girl, Claire, who keeps on Claire writing. Claire has written amazing emails and Ray has and written amazing so emails. Good. Our fans yeah. are wonderful and we love you and we hope you write us mail and we'll read it. And I like I like hearing your interpretations of what we just watched or covered or if you disagree or if you have like an additional thing but i don't know maybe after today with all like mr sinister's nonsense you're gonna be like dude i don't know if i can fucking be listening to the show anymore <laughs> yeah maybe now that everybody knows that you have sex fantasies about mr sinister they're just gonna be like these guys are too <laughs> fucked up for me i don't think so i think we've i think we've already like aired so many weird sexual fan fictions on the show as it is that people are willing to ride that ride with us all the way through I the sure tunnel hope so but I hope god so. only knows and speaking of riding through a tunnel it's time for plugs <laughs> oh god it's a long tunnel um <laughs> so first of all you can email us at the mutant ages at gmail.com which maddie just said and mm -hmm. you can also follow the mutant ages on twitter at literally at the mutant ages and i'm on twitter at brian pagella and I'm at Mitty Myers. And we also have a YouTube channel where we put together little videos about X-Men and also about tons of other fun stuff. Sometimes live action videos featuring us wearing weird costumes being X-Men or whatever. Or Resident <laughs> it's, Evil. It's Atomic Boot Productions is our media company. And so you can find the YouTube channel under that name and also like everything else that we do. Videos, podcasts, etc pretty much and we have a patreon so if you like this show and want to see more of it and want us to keep going and make more types of shows um you can kick us a buck over on patreon at atomic blue productions and that'd be awesome we'd be very thankful as we yeah keep we're on still working on those wolverine clones uh oh god i know well and, it, and if we do any additional like podcasts or anything like that that's like a whole new hosting situation so yeah um, i do want to make mention that i have another podcast we, we both do but i have this one called warcraft, valley, warcraft which... valley and the most recent one which i've only listened to like 10 minutes of so far to ryan's chagrin is about a <laughs> fan fiction that ryan and katie wrote about the x-men and there's a lot of crossover between with, the things discussed the in that episode and the ones <laughs> things discussed here because there's discussion of mr sinister and also the movie the live action yes. X-Men movie which yep, inspired yep. So said fan fiction i, I just so. felt like it was appropriate to mention while we're right there so definitely there it it's called warcraft valley and so if you want to actually hear Ryan's fan fiction and also our friend Katie's fan fiction about the X-Men from when they were teens, you can listen to it. And laugh at it. 
Yeah, it's on, they it's on laugh Podbean. at it like the entire time. Oh my god, this last one—it's so good. I I was in tears. It was—I mean, it was so good because it was bad good, but worth it. Nope, it's actually the Great American Novel, and it's about Logan meeting a dog. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> that's where it starts, but then eventually event winds up with Wolverine like getting, getting married. No, it's like he gets like shit shoved up his butt. Like I don't even know how we get there. It just is. I mean, this is the plug section. Not, I mean, That's it's still canon, it's right? It's still canon. <laughs> anyway, uh, so thanks for listening to our show, and we'll oh God. see you see next you time. Next time. See and you Mr. next Sinister time. Mr. Sinister will be waiting for you in the bed. Mr. Sinister is waiting for you in his bar. Sinister. There's a table reserved behind the scarlet rope. <laughs> it's like one of his fucking back ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.